This is Inspiring Design, where unique innovators come together to share their knowledge, share their insight, and keep us up to date with the latest industry trends. And here's your host, Rashan Senanayak. What's up, everyone? We're back here with another episode of Inspiring Design with myself, Rashan, and um, we've got a very special guest here today, Ben Donnelly. Um, he's described as an industrial design prodigy. He's 24 years old, uh, a QUT alumni sessional, and he has done guest lectures. But what's most impressive is the fact that he's worked on a number of different Hollywood feature films as a concept designer for some of the biggest movie stars such as Thor Ragnarok with Chris Hemsworth, Aquaman with Jason Momoa, Godzilla that's coming out in a few years. And not only that, he's actually worked with Owen Patterson, one of the biggest production designers um, for movies like The Matrix, and Dan Henna from movies like The Lord of the Rings, King Kong. These are some incredible names, and we're so lucky to have Ben here with us. And thank you so much for coming on board. Oh, thank you. Wow. What and I, f- I feel like you are literally one of the industrial design celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> and I love the fact that you are very humble, mate. Can you start off by giving us a little bit of background on yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, hi, everyone. My name's Ben. Um, yeah, I'm an industrial designer. I studied at QUT um, from 2012 till 2016. Um, doing industrial design and architecture. And I guess I'll go back to maybe high school's a good one. Um, always artistic, love drawing, photography. I had no idea what I, what I wanted to do at university. Um, and when it came around to you know put in your disciplines of study, I put in architecture, architecture, and then industrial design. And I got my third one. I was actually quite disappointed until I got to university and found out what it was. And within a couple of days, we were drawing cars and lightsabers and... It was uh, incredibly inspiring to come to QT and meet like-minded people. I guess I studied at a high school that had about 20 people in my entire grade. So it was... Was that studying graphics back then? Yeah, it was like I did graphics in high school, but yeah. it was just, just general school. So I was, yeah, was like 17 or, or so. Um, and yeah, it's kind of, you open your horizon when you come to university because you're meeting people like-minded and you're kind of, you know, like actually seeing that, oh, this could be a possible job sort of thing. So... Um, Which high school did you go to, by the way, if you don't mind me Yeah, I, I went to Monday Boys College. Um, yeah, which awesome. is local, so I live in Manly. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, university was an incredible sort of eye-opening experience for me. I had a really good time. And it, it didn't feel like work. It was never, you know, <laughs> homework was sort of stuff I'd be doing anyway, like learning Photoshop and 3D modeling and stuff. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and the people I met were incredibly inspiring. Um, and yeah, I, I pretty much just worked as hard as I could for four years straight. Um, luckily enough, I, in second year, started working in architecture at mm-hmm. the Buffing Group, which are a kind of multidisciplinary firm in Brisbane that do interior design, architecture, graphics, all that sort of stuff. And that really taught me just about everything I know now. Um, studying whilst working in industry in architecture was a phenomenal way to really put into context what we were learning at university. And it just opened my eyes to people who knew way more than I did, uh, who were really open with their information, could teach me everything they, they were doing. Um, and it really set me up to eventually get to Marvel. Um, so I guess, like, I always wanted to work in film. I find films incredibly inspiring. I think they're a really cool way to, especially in terms of science fiction, to 
I guess, predict the future or make a discussion about where we could be going, uh, whether that be negative or positive. I think it's a really exciting thing. And I've always loved visualization. So drawing and rendering, it's a way to communicate ideas to people in a sort of a high level approach that people get excited about what you're thinking. So um, I love that. And I always thought, you know, I'd love to work in film, but I don't know, studying in Brisbane, I was like, is that possible? I'll have to go overseas and maybe study entertainment design and then potentially then I could work for another couple of years and get into film. And uh, yeah, I somehow stumbled into working um, at Marvel on Thor Ragnarok. Pretty much, um, yeah, it's like 2016. I was still studying here, so I was juggling full-time work at a studio like that um, down the Gold Coast at Village Retro Studios. And I was studying architecture still, so it's a very tricky time. But um, funnily enough, it came through uh, Screen Queensland on Facebook, who were just looking for a 3D artist, and I put my hand up. Brilliant. <laughs> I, you know, I knew most of the tools, and I'd luckily had, an, had enough experience to definitely have the skill they were looking for. But I'd also done a lot of personal projects and ideas that I'd had on on Behance, essentially, and just sent my email through with that and. Within about three days, I was meeting with one of my idols, but uh, some of the designers who worked on Lord of the Rings, and then I got to meet a whole bunch of artists at the studios who inspire me still to this day. So, yeah, I mean, that's sort of the, <laughs> the process. There's obviously many late nights and many years of work in there, but uh, since working on Thor, uh, which I was on for about seven months, um, I've worked on Aquaman and, and most recently Godzilla, and I still love it. Which is a good thing. So. I can see why people would call you a design prodigy. Being 24, that's incredible, mate. Like, and what was what was it like working with literally the best designers in that, from an industrial design capacity? Yeah, um, it was just incredibly inspiring. Um, it's one of those things that I just I can't really believe it still. Um, but at the same time, you know, people are excited about the stars of the films. I'm I see the designers as the stars of the film, so I'm always uh, pretty <laughs> yeah pretty. You just I can't believe when they walk by and they you know give me some advice, but at the same time you know they're all just people just working, um, all genuine, really open with their ideas, and they've all been so yeah like encouraging mm. with work. Um, now level with me here. Were you more starstruck by Dan Henna and Owen Patterson than Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> yeah, I was. I really was. Um, I mean, again, I think filmmaking is such an incredible art form, and these are the people at the top of their sort of discipline. Um, you know, creating these worlds that people really love, um, that can make people happy. You know, that's at the end of the day what I think industrial design tries to do, um, improving lives. And I think films, you know, same sort of thing, you're inspiring people. Um, Story selling. Yeah, even if it's like a 14-year-old, you know, like <laughs> that's kind of the brief with Thor was make it fun. And um, I think we did that. So, yep. yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And again, I just can't say enough how humble um, and open people are with their knowledge. You know, they're were incredibly supportive of, of me coming into an art department so young, um, not really knowing what I was doing, but just giving it a go. And uh, yeah, I couldn't have done that without all the people that have helped me get to here in terms of you know my family and, and work as well. So it's sort of, yeah, on paper it's, it's impressive, but it's, <laughs> it's just lots and lots of work. Of course. Many, of course. many hours. So. That's incredible. And, and I'm actually very humbled to hear that and, uh, people at that top level still being able to be grounded and give back and yeah, constantly. Kind of at the lunch table having a sandwich next to someone that you're, you know, you have a book from them on your shelf at home, you know, like yep. uh, a lot of people into film collect these art books and I have a whole wall full of them. So it's mm. kind of crazy to be able to open it and see names of people you're sitting next to. But, you know, yeah, it's 
just reiterated how how much anything is possible if you set your mind to it, sort of thing. And that's it. Even uh, even if you live in a city or a country that you didn't think made films, they you know those opportunities are out there if you kind of keep pushing at it. You get to meet the right people. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I, I have no idea we made films in you know Queensland, let alone these films. So that's it. It's pretty cool. I can work in a city that I love. You know, still be with the people that I love. And yeah. Yeah, have a really fun, fun job. Challenging job, but a fun job. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, man. And, and um, one of the things that I want to um, outline for our listeners is now I'm going to level with you. I actually did stalk you online before we came today, <laughs> and I was ridiculously impressed with your Instagram. Super um, <laughs> I yeah. saw the um, they were weapons features and um, yeah. different clothing items and things like that. So, can you detail to us? In that said, working in films, yeah. what were the specific things you had to come up with? Yeah, absolutely. So film is it's really interesting on the inside. Um, it's potentially not what you would think it was like at all, but uh, it's really just a, the studios are a sort of a bare warehouse. You all come in with your computers and, and all your stuff, and you're there just to work on that project. Once it's over, everyone kind of files out again, and it's empty. Um, and yeah, I guess in film, I'm typically given a script, get to go through that and work out the action points what we need to design in terms of sets um, I mean on, on Thor I was a prop illustrator so I'd primarily be designing like chairs and like, cockpits for spaceships which is kind of a funny thing saying to people that you like spaceships and designing them and then you kind of get to design them mm. it's like a <laughs> shouting it out loud enough that it becomes true um, yeah I mean from I guess from industrial design you know you go through problem solving and sketching model making uh Prototyping. Yeah, prototyping and ergonomics, all this stuff that in film is actually really crucial for like camera work. How are they going to get the camera in there? What needs to move away? How's the actor going to sit in here? Mm -hmm. For spaceships, they're built on a gimbal that you know usually roll around, so they need wow. to be structurally sound and sort of accommodate for all of these needs that you never think of when watching the, the shot in the film. And yeah. I can tell you, you know, it's maybe <laughs> could be up to six months of work for a shot that's ten seconds. You know. Wow. Um, and you know, you've had, I've had sets that have been, you know, kind of cut from the script at the last minute, and you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of work, but you kind of get used to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think in that environment, it's it's really about sharing ideas. Like no one does anything alone. It's always working mm -hmm. on the shoulders of others. Yep. And I mean, typically in film, all the pre-production and design is being done in LA, where they sort of build up the concept of the film as they're writing the script, and then mm -hmm. they bring it over here for pre-production, where all of that design is sort of continued and things are being built in preparation for shooting, which is potentially like a 12-week period. Mm -hmm. um, and then we shoot for, yeah, potentially half a year or more. Like Aquaman was almost an entire year of shooting. So, yeah, it's a really long process, but mm -hmm. I've never been in a more inspiring environment where people from different disciplines are all coming together to create one finished product. And there's just this amazing morale and, like, excitement every day. It's obviously very high pressure, um, like stressful, but at the same time, you're, you're so proud seeing that stuff on camera at the end of the day, knowing all of the uh, iterations and designs you went through, how the people around you sort of helped elevate your quality of work or, you know, encourage you to do more and more. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we work, I'm in the art department, but we work with set decoration all the way to props manufacture, um, to construction teams, to the shooting crew, to the director, you know. It's this massive pipeline that's always, always changing. Um, it's pretty fluid on films. Constant communication and collaboration. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, with these, I guess, blockbuster sort of action films that are heavy in sci-fi, there's a lot of blue screen or green screen work. 
which means a lot of pre-visualization of, of shots and then you're kind of getting a bit of that information from storyboards and making it a reality sort of thing. So yeah. I guess that's the fun of my job is I'm right there at the end where I'm, you know, can be designing all the way through to, to 3D modeling for manufacture parts that are physically made and in the film, um, which is a really interesting skill set to have. Obviously, industrial design gave me that. Um, but it is multidisciplinary in that like I'm doing you know, rendering and animation to communicate design ideas, uh, in particular using a lot of virtual reality to show directors you know, their sets before we build them. You know, is it because it's hard for them to visualize something? I wouldn't say that it's hard. I think uh, people in film, you know, it's a very quick iterative process. Mm -hmm. We still make physical models and things, but uh, you know, a 2D drawing can also just be just as powerful, but I think VR lets you get in there and really work out all of the issues that a set might have, or it might just let you improve it. Yeah. Which is crucial in that process when you've got, you know, a short amount of time to design something, you mm -hmm. want to make it as good as possible so that on the day when they're filming, they get the camera kind of in the best, best sort of spot for the best outcome for the audience. You know, it's a super duper long process, but, um, yeah, virtual reality has been really interesting in that regard, but, uh, yeah. Oh, that's incredible. So you, you almost have to go through the same thinking process that an everyday industrial designer would. But Absolutely. on top of that, that extra additional layers of the camera and the artistic approach uh, yeah. and the it's film a, brief and on, you know, it's kind of like a, more. <laughs> a bunch of kids in a sand pit and everyone's got ideas and it's how do we make the, the coolest sand castle. But yeah, yeah, it is, it's very interesting. It's probably not what you expect from the outside. Um, and it's, yeah, again, lots of hours going to these things. I, you know, I see a film now and it might not be good because of one element, but I certainly respect the hours that have gone into it on yep. the other end, knowing what, what it's like to work on a film for, Definitely. you know, we do 50 hour weeks, um, which is typically goes beyond that, but it's a, it's a lot of time to be at your most optimal in terms of your sort of output and your thinking. Um, and as you're saying about industrial design, it's, it's crucial to have some of the skills that I've developed, um, from QT in particular, mm -hmm. just about problem solving and just, uh, processes for design visualization, um, whether that be like photo scanning existing sets to create 3d models, to mm -hmm. create, you know, visualizations of that. Um, but then on the complete other end of the spectrum, I'm working with people who maybe you've never studied, they've just picked up a, a piece of software and they, they know someone in film and they got mm -hmm. good enough to get in or they've watched online tutorials. Um, and, you know, a couple friends I have who've now gone on to work on, on Avatar have never been to wow. university. So it's at the same time, you can just get into industry and start start learning the stuff, yeah. um, which is again, just about making contacts, which is kind of interesting. I, I kind of fell into film without knowing anyone. Mm -hmm. um, I did get in with a portfolio, which I'm still quite proud of. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's, if you can get there and do the job on the day, they're, they're happy, you know? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Now, you mentioned CAD and 3D modeling a number yes. of times. What are the specific softwares that industrial designers need to know and have it under their belt as yeah. a skill set? Like, we are in such an exciting time now um, for software. I think there are lots of options, and I've worked with artists and designers who use multiple, um, mm -hmm. whether it be Modo or Maya, 3ds Max. Yep. ZBrush, I can just list up a whole ton. Yeah, um, yeah, that'll be but perfect. But I mean, I, I use SketchUp because I'm really quick SketchUp. at it. It's very, very basic, but it can get ideas out and blocking. Um, and it lets you sort of start early and iterate fast because you know changes are going to be coming in all the time. These sets are they're physical things, as are the props, and they need to be built on a budget. 
to achieve a particular task, you know, in a pretty intensive timeline. So, so do you actually design with Sketch while you're sketching? You model on SketchUp? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I am probably quick enough now to just work in 3D, but there's always drawings. Yeah. And you know, sometimes I'm lucky enough to get a painting um, from LA to start with. So yeah, wow. It's always one of those sort of back and forth things. It's never just one artist. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, in terms of CAD, I mean, if you're an industrial designer, tools like Fusion 360. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, SolidWorks are useful, but as I said, because it's a freelance sort of uh, like context, you're mm-hmm. actually bringing in your own gear. And I mean, the night before I started at Marvel, I had to purchase all of my own software. I was I was a student, wow. so you know you're kind of outlaying a lot of for equipment and computers. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess on Aquaman, I bought in my own VR headset. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cameras and drones, everything you have in your sort of tool belt for solving problems. Um, Out of curiosity, what was the headset you ended up bringing? Uh, I brought in an Oculus Rift. Okay, yeah, so yeah. that was the one that I had for real time visualization of. The, Perfect. In particular, the cockpit for Manta's sub. Yeah. So we got to walk around that set in VR and make sure it was exactly as the director wanted it. That's um, great. But yeah, like software, it can be whatever you're proficient at. As I said, um, SketchUp's acceptable for design. And if you can document from it for manufacture, depending on the process, that's acceptable. Um, again, there's tools like Rhino, which is probably the most popular tool in film. So if you're doing set design or props, it's a solids modeling tool that can do incredible documentation, yep. relatively complex surface modeling. Um, everyone uses it. It's affordable. But there's even things like Blender coming out now that are mm-hmm. really powerful and free. Um, like Blender has the EV renderer or even Cycles, which with the right equipment and knowledge can get you as good a results as KeyShot in a way. So I think it's quite inspiring that uh, you know the sort of level to, to grab a piece of software and start using it is getting lower. Anyone can start playing with these things and learning it. Yep. There's a whole ton of resources online through like Learn Squared, um, you know, Gumroad or YouTube, for example. Uh, lots of people being really open with their processes so that everyone can start designing and thinking and sharing ideas. So Correct. That to me is like, I can't wait to see what people are doing in the next like 10, 10 or so years, considering that... Definitely. I, I mean, I've been 3D modeling for like 15 years, which is a really long time. <laughs> I started quite young. Um, I think I was in probably grade, grade 8 or 7 or something. And, you know, now I think students in school are learning all these tools, Definitely. which uh, when I went through school, I mean, we barely had access to them. So it's kind of quite exciting. And at the same time, uh, digital manufacture more than ever is being used in film. So, like, there was a set recently on Godzilla that we CNC'd out of foam entirely. This is a like a twenty-five meter uh, sort of set piece, which is it's a lot of foam, it's a lot of tooling, but at the same time, it, you could never achieve that with with sculpts, um, you know, in the timeline prior. Yeah. Obviously, we still have sculptors going over it to perfect it and paint it um, and prep it, but it's it's really interesting to see this sort of process where CNC, laser cutting, um, and three D printing are all becoming the kind of norm. And we're allowed to sort of pump out designs that are way more um, sort of expansive and exciting than maybe you could have done 10 or 15 years ago for the same price. Um, and, you know, in the art department, we have 3D printers running all day. You know, yeah. We still have a model maker cutting foam, core, and paper. Um, yeah, it's all essentially a lot of fun. Pretty much 
a lot of, you know, big kids <laughs> playing with the tools playing they've loved since, since they were a kid. You know, everyone's there for that reason, essentially. So Now, a lot of, that, a lot of our listeners are teachers in, yes. in secondary level, and there is a big push at the moment with the technology coming into classrooms, like you mentioned, yeah. with more softwares and 3D printers and CNC mm-hmm. routers. And teachers are in that transition process of upskilling and learning VR and so, so on as well. One of the main softwares that teachers seem to love and is uh, Autodesk Inventor. Yeah. What's, is Inventor being used in the industry at the moment? Um, not, not with people that I've worked with, mm-hmm. um, but it's perfectly acceptable. It's a solid modeler with a, you know, with a stack. You can produce models from it. As I said, if you're incredibly fast an inventor and you have a portfolio that can show that, that demonstrated skill, you can work in film. You know, there are no, nothing's going to hinder your ability to work in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's pretty open. You just have to be considerate, uh, considerate of a pipeline where, you know, a designer before you might have done a, a really rough previous model and then you're doing a model for manufacture mm-hmm. and then maybe visual effects need that model for a, a shot that might be done by ILM in you know in another year or so. Sorry, so, what's ILM? Um, Industrial Light and Magic. They're a there you go. visual cool. effects house who, they essentially started with uh, Star Wars. Right. So they've done everything from creature effects to wow. environment shots. They're a kind of cutting edge. This like, is so exciting, seriously. Much like Weather Workshop. Yeah, no, there's, I think, and the other thing is, you know, um, through being interested in this stuff, I'm just a complete geek. Like, I, you know, we'll go and see every film from Pixar to Disney to whatever. Yeah. Um, because they're always pushing their technology and it's fascinating to see and it's inspiring. You know, you want to go away and draw all night sort of thing. It's just incredible. Um, and we are so lucky with our access to technology and ideas hmm. and people. I mean, Instagram is by far the most incredible platform at the moment. Um, it's built to meet and just talk to people that are potentially, you know, your idols. Yep. Really exciting. And and just to, yeah, be able to share in what is a really positive art community at the moment in, in design and illustration, even in, in industrial design. And I, I constantly tell students to, you know, look at Instagram and try and find people that are doing work that you really want to do. Um, learn from the best and learn from them yeah and and get inspired by them and always have these sort of people in your life that you're looking up to that can guide you or you know just open your horizons I think Uh, there's a typical thing where you know in any setting you know you're going to be looking around the classroom at the students that you're with you know what about those you know the same year in another country Mm -hmm. you know or even people who are who are well above you just to sort of see where you could go you know it's quite inspiring yeah um yeah, I think that's beautifully said, man. And uh, just just to clarify, so if if um, sh- the listeners, the students or teachers yes. need to have three top softwares that they need to learn in high school, what yeah. would you recommend? Oh my gosh, um, <laughs> <laughs> I would. It's really oh, five. Let's make it easier. Let's make. Yeah, it top I mean, five. it just depends what you want to do. I think, like Photoshop is critical. Mm-hmm for everything <laughs> um, that's industry standard and it's yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the top of my list I think yep. Um, yep. again SketchUp used to be free it's not anymore um, sadly <laughs> sadly uh, it's, it's still very fun and quick mm-hmm. but uh, potentially Blender might be a, a better tool for you if you're getting into 3D mm-hmm. um, with the with the right sort of plugins and tools um, it can be incredibly powerful and again it's it's open source you know there, there have been animated films made with it now designers working with it in industry you know on on the latest films it's kind of amazing that a piece of technology that can uh, sort of 
match or become better than another piece of software that might cost five thousand um, dollars, you know, it's free. It's just it's just incredible. So I guess I'm putting Blender up quite high. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess in my mind, Rhino is still very very solid mm-hmm. as a tool. Um, yeah, there's there's so many. I mean, ZBrush is another fantastic tool. ZBrush. ZBrush. Yeah. Yep. So for for sculpting, um, whether it be hard surface or creatures. That's also another industry standard. Um, yeah, I mean that's that could be the top. top there you go. So there, Photoshop, SketchUp, yeah. Rhino, uh, ZBrush, and yeah. what was the last one? What well, do you think you would add? One thing, I guess, um, it's always good to know a vector software. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, probably Adobe Illustrator yeah. um, is, is another critical one for any sort of manufacturing or graphics or effects you want to do. Um, yeah, and probably going into effects. Uh, I meant that for motion graphics. Um, After Effects is another really exciting tool. Of course, with a lot of you know free tutorials out there um, <laughs> that that can just uh, really you know people on YouTube now are making these videos with incredible effects in them. Like how exciting is that? A, a technology that maybe thirty years ago was can only be done on the biggest render file by the absolute experts in that industry. Can, mm. can now be done by anyone who has half an hour to learn something. You know. That's it. Now, I noticed that in that list, you didn't have any uh, Fusion 360 or Inventor. It's just because I forgot about them. Um, <laughs> no, so, yeah, Fusion 360 is really cool. And, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that because I see a lot of the artists that I follow mm-hmm. and keep in touch with using mm-hmm. it. Um, again, it's, it's really any tool that can get you to your end goal quicker. You, don't, you, know, you can use anything that you like as long as it's empowering you to be creative. Yeah, and not limit, limited. Exactly, and not limited. And that's, that's, a, that's absolutely it, bottom of the line. Um, and you, know, you can't let anyone tell you that you can't use a particular software if it can achieve you know, the bare minimum of producing a model for manufacture mm-hmm. or for rendering or for documentation. You know? So yeah, it's really quite open. And I guess it's overwhelming too because there are so many options out there. there are. So it is just about trying different things. And luckily, as a student, you can you know you can download 3ds Max and mm-hmm. play with it. And, um, you know, I think that's a um, common factor between all design disciplines: the number of software packages that yeah. we need to know. There are lots. Yeah. <laughs> More than double figures. <laughs> yeah, it is. I can email you a list after this. Um, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a lot. And I think the more that you are just inquisitive and you ask questions about the things you see the more you can start to work out oh you know this was done with marvelous designer to create cloth and fabric simulation and yep. you know this was definitely maya over here and you know like you can start to detect tools or at least find tools that can replicate the same thing um, that you might want to do yourself so yeah it is also just about finding something that you love and doing it a lot you know definitely that's, that's the, the way that i've i guess been so proactive um, and prolific with making things is just having a subject matter that inspires me you know or knowing that this is for someone at the end of the day you know like you know when you're at the studios late at night and you're working really hard on something it is worth it in the end you know Um, definitely I think yeah even like going and seeing Thor in a cinema and having people around you laugh and enjoy you know the particular scenes where maybe your stuff was is just a really odd experience but really rewarding yeah it's rewarding it's um it's incredibly inspiring too to just see that you know you're having an impact on people and i think as a designer that's all you could ever ask for is to try and make a, a positive impact um in any way you know whether it's a product that improves someone's life or an idea through a film that might you know open someone's horizon or just make someone happy during the day that's sort of you know a pretty basic thing to ask for but i think it's pretty important in this day and age definitely definitely yeah. 
Um, now I want to take the conversation a little bit away from movies. Yes. <laughs> and uh, because uh, there are a lot of aspiring designers that are considering industrial as one pathway. Yes. Um, in your experience and based on the knowledge that you have, what's the process of becoming an industrial designer, certification yeah. and so on? Yeah, understood. So I guess uh, film is very open, as I mentioned, you know, you can get in through a portfolio demonstrating a skill. Um, you know, you might not need a university degree to do it. Whereas like industrial design, I think typically a degree is helpful in, in giving you the, the real fundamentals. So there's no actual registration requirement? Not not that I understand, but it it is a it's a tricky discipline and it's something that will require, you know, a lot of understanding that mm -hmm. and discipline, you know. Something that uh, studying at a university can give you. It can give you like minded people, um, give you a discipline and a, a schedule to work to and to deliver things and mm -hmm. it can uh, sort of force you to make projects and to learn. Um, build your portfolio. Yeah, build your portfolio. Iterate quickly. I think the university is the best test bed for learning things, you know, like just if you make a mistake here, it's fine, you know, you might just get a lower mark or yeah. you might learn something really exciting. Um, and, you know, in industry, whereas that would cost, you know, lots of money, um, here is a, is a wonderful place to just be mm. questioning everything, learning as much as possible and trying to do your absolute best. And I, I say to students, you know, treat every project you do as if it will go in your portfolio. Um, be really proud of your work and, you know, you can obviously update that every couple of years. But uh, to get into industrial design, it's, it's much the same as, you know, working on university projects to a high standard, working on your own projects to show that you're really proactive and excited um, on subject matter that you care about because people will hire you to do things, you know, based on personal projects. Um, it's how a lot of people I know have gotten into particular disciplines. And uh, yeah, working as an industrial designer now, there's so many options. I think really design thinking and systems and service design, you can go into many fields, which is really good. And the skill sets an industrial designer has, which you know could be from anything from photography to graphic design or, or rendering or 3D modeling, they can be applied to other disciplines. So I know a lot of industrial designers that work in architecture, doing graphics and wayfinding experience design, um, which is also a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, just to problem solving like systems and services, that sort of sort of work. But you know, there's essentially in-house design where you're working in a, a company that's manufacturing a, a product. Uh, you're doing consultancy where you're actually working at a at a firm where people will come in with their ideas, and you're actually sort of working on multiple projects throughout your week, uh, which is really exciting. Or you know, you could do the startup approach where with the skills you learn at university. You know, you can get a product idea right there on Kickstarter and get it funded. It's really exciting nowadays who has control of, of that. You know, it's, you're empowered as the designer. It's to, almost endless options. It is, yeah. Like, you, you're empowered to empower others. You know, like, there's so many problems out there that need solving. Um, and, I, you know, I get to work with a lot of the designers that are coming through university who will get there and hopefully solve those problems. So... You know, obviously being conscious of sustainability um, and, you know, user-centric design is very basic but very uh, crucial uh, mm -hmm. to being a designer. And I think, yeah, it's there are a lot of ways to do it. I think um, in terms of Brisbane and, and being employed, you can work in different disciplines, but it, it's an extremely competitive thing to work in. But at the same time, that should just motivate you to, you know... Do better. Well, to do better, but also just to, you know, really... Um, Add a lot of skills to your tool belt so that you are dynamic, you're diverse. Um, one thing I probably haven't mentioned is working in film, you know, they, 
they come and they go. They might be a film here for nine months and then nothing for a whole year. Wow. Um, and, you know, are you going to choose to be unemployed or will you uh, start doing freelance design work or, you know, pushing yourself and learning things so you can become more employable in different ways? And I think it's a, it's a pretty tricky lifestyle because you're moving around the place, you know. Film designers are kind of like a traveling circus of people who go, you know, in the, at least the Australia, sort of Asia-Pacific region, go through Australia like Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, um, and then Wellington and Auckland, New Zealand, sort of that circuit, which surprisingly enough, a lot of remarkable films are being made around there. But, uh, you know, they have to, within a couple of days, drop everything and move. And every time I get a call for a job, it's essentially like that. It's a, maybe it's a Thursday evening and they say, we need you to start Monday. So wow. whatever it is you're doing, you have to just accept yes and... <laughs> pack up your computer and get ready to move down the coast or, you know, um, yeah, if you've got a partner or family living with, you have to be really open to you know, having that change and, you know, hopefully people will understand that it's your passion and you can do it and um, I've been very lucky in having lots of people around me that support me and do that so I've had no struggle at all and I'm, I'm really an hour away down the coast so it's not as hard as moving you know, cross-country or to a different country, but yeah. it is an interesting portion of the field. And at the same time, um, you know, if you are good enough and you have the right contacts, you can work from anywhere in the world, which is another trend I see in film design and, and even games is people working on, for example, Star Wars, and they're, you know, they're working in Melbourne just from home with their family. They're able to, through the internet, um, completely integrate into that design pipeline and work with others um, that's pretty incredible you know you can choose the city you like and, amazing. and work from there you know so yeah and and I find that there's a big contrast between that very linear process of get the degree go to uni get yes. your registration <laughs> in architecture compared yeah. to it's almost like your imagination is the limit <laughs> it is yeah it's it, absolutely true and I think it's it's amazing that you can sort of can conceive where you want to go you know you can think I, I really want to do this and just through working at it you'll get there like 100% it sounds like an inspirational cat poster <laughs> but it's true um, you know and again if anyone listening wants to message me on Instagram or ask any questions I'm always happy to talk to you I would love to hear from you um, in terms of what you want to do as a designer where you Definitely. want to go any of that sort of stuff I love talking about design and uh, I think yeah, we're in a really awesome opportunity here to make a positive difference in the world. So I think, yeah, <laughs> wherever that's done from, it's quite quite inspiring. That's good to know because um, even coming and speaking to you before that, my preconceived knowledge of becoming an industrial designer was you go to uni and then you almost go and work for and design products that we use every day. Yeah. That's very different from that. Well, it, see, it might not be. I mean, I've had a very odd experience and it's something that you couldn't maybe replicate. I've been particularly very lucky but also very prepared you know I've, mm -hmm. I've done many years of work in in architecture before getting into a bit of consultancy and then into film so I've yeah I've luckily you know found my own path sort of thing but there are many ways of doing it um, and I think like university it is a really good place to meet people I wouldn't be where I am now without you know the tutors that I've had to inspire me um, in drawing and in design thinking one of which who kind of got me into architecture um, by accident, they kind of <laughs> accidentally hired me, and then I started working, and they were like, "Oh, he's pretty good." So, <laughs> you know, I was meant to do an internship, um, stayed there for three years. Mm -hmm. It's pretty good, and yeah, I think that 
again, it's just the people that you meet that really change your life and really benefit you. And uh, yeah, that's the thing that I definitely love the most about university. Yeah. I think at a, at a base level, you know, you can do the course and you can get good grades, but you know, you have to be pushing yourself outside of here and uh, hopefully surround yourself with people that, that feel the same and want to do the same, you know, who really want to go overseas and, you know, work for the best design firms in the world or like IDEO, you know, what do you want to do and how can you get there? You just talk to lots of people and there are people here who, who know how to do that stuff, you know, um, but at the same time, you know, that this information could be found online or just following the right person. I, I still can't believe that I've had conversations with designers I've, you know, been a fan of for many years just through Instagram, you know, um, like a genuine discussion. Um, it's just, doesn't make any sense to me. It's crazy. But at the same time, it's like, wow. Yeah. (laughs) It does humble you and it does ground you as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, it's just everyone's, you know, wanting to share their ideas and like, you know, industrial design, I'm probably the concept design end of it where it's very, you know, art driven, but it's, it's, it is about the ideas and they're high level concept ideas that maybe you don't have as much sort of like interaction with everyday things but they're a really fun thing to be a part of a community that shares them you know whether it be like a future vision about going to Mars you know but like having feedback from people that I really look up to on that stuff is just so inspiring it's incredible definitely now um, you've already mentioned human centric design human centered design design thinking multiple times Um, can you elaborate a little bit more on that on how that fits into industrial design yeah, uh, it, it is the core to industrial design. I think, um, again, we're in this interesting time where industrial design is sort of not the answer anymore in terms of you don't want to be mass manufacturing a product um, unless it's for the right sort of solution. But it, it is more about like systems and services and bespoke solutions to problems that are contextual, you know. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that all comes down to, to problem solving and understanding humans and their needs, um, not the assumptions of their needs. And, you know, I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of work in, in proper industrial design and, and that sort of research, but I definitely know and work with a lot of people who have. Yeah. Um, and you can see that, yeah, I mean, whether it be writing a research paper that influences designers working, you know, um, in different industries, or if it's just getting in there and doing that work yourself. Um, I think, like, yeah, fundamental design thinking is it's really just connecting the dots of different um, disciplines to create innovation. And when that can be done to a high level, you're sort of creating a value proposition for people. You know, you're making a product that wasn't there prior and it's now enabling someone to do something they never could. You know, if that's in medical, that's like changing someone's life, which is just absolutely incredible. And I think, I mean, I chose architecture and industrial design because I see them as the disciplines that most impact this world in Mm -hmm. terms of whether it be built environment and sustainability, you know, like... If you look around you, there are chairs and cars and all sorts Absolutely of things. Absolutely everything. Manufacturing. You know, how, how can you sustainably think about a, a life product and a system that can, you know, make a sort of a less of an impact in the future in terms of, of environmental waste? Um, or yeah, how can you use like resources and like waste streams to create products that can help people? There's just, it's an endless thing and you get overwhelmed when you start to uh, understand some of the problems we see around us, you know. If I can make a difference, like, you know, that's sort of the, I guess the, the feeling you get studying here is that you're an innovation maker and you're trying to solve problems, um, which can be just like, yeah, just the most fun you've ever had kind of thing. Your passion definitely comes through. This is why I think it's translated into doing some amazing work. Yeah. Um, 
one of the last things that I wanted to understand um, and get your opinion on was how do you see this big shift in technology with AR, VR, yeah. artificial intelligence, everything coming into play? What What's it going to do to that industrial design discipline in the next 5 to 10, 20 years? Yeah, it is. It's exciting. I think, um, again, I'm very hopeful and positive about it. Um, virtual reality and augmented reality. I think, I think augmented reality is going to be the game changer when it hits properly um, in terms of something people are comfortable with seeing that's overlaid on their vision, um, integrated into environments. It's, I mean, it's already being used in design and those disciplines, but I think, um, yeah, in terms of turnaround and iteration and design thinking, like virtual reality and augmented reality are just phenomenal tools for visualizing things before they are built um, or just communicating ideas to audiences. You know, it is that really powerful tool that we have as designers to express ourselves and express the ideas of clients to the world who, you know, can be positively influenced by these ideas. And VR is just the, like, absolute <laughs> latest and greatest. But, um, you know, it does tell you a lot about what you're doing and it makes you check yourself and make sure that the design you're doing is as, as good as possible, whether it be a set in a film, you know. Um, I've walked around with James Wan on Aquaman around, you know, some of the submarine sets we made and we're getting real-time feedback because he can see exactly what way we've designed, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's not interpreting a, a page, you know. <laughs> you're actually, like, you're in the space, you feel that it's quite low and it's getting the mood for the camera work and it's that's really incredible. Um, and I think in industrial design even more so, you're understanding parts and their assemblies, um, the physical scale of products, you know, or even interactions and things. So that's really cool. Um, artificial intelligence is also another one that's just mind-blowing mm. um, in every aspect of the design process, you know, whether it be in, like, creating mood boards and inspiration using search terms um, or if it is in, like, 3D modeling and uh, generative design where you're creating um, these sort of AI-influenced models to, to be the best solutions to a problem. Um, they're really, really exciting to, to draw. And, you know, there's recently been some amazing uh, algorithms released where you can, you know, essentially outline an idea for a composition and it will fill in with, you know, all sorts of landscapes and environments to wow. have your idea done to... I think, it, you know, it's going to elevate us. We're already essentially, you know walking machines we've got phones in our pockets <laughs> with all the answers to everything you could ever want to ask so if anything i think in design it will just improve um it's just a, a skill in our tool, tool belt but it will improve our ability to create better solutions and i think to make better impact with the audiences you know that need to see those solutions to make them happen you know yeah. whether that be like lawmaking you know or investors commercial sector um and yeah, it's, it is really exciting. I think there's so many uses for it. Um, I think like automation is, is another interesting one, but you know, a design is needed to do design in the future. Will it all be automated? I, I don't know yet, but I think for the moment I can imagine it'll really speed up our process and just let us uh, come up with ideas we never could have you know, previously conceived without it, which is kind of exciting. So yeah, it's all going to be positive. Oh, definitely. Nothing to worry about. <laughs> So good. <laughs> I think it just um, along with those technology changes being added, it will deepen and lengthen that training time and, yes. and the skill set development time. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't think actually as a designer that creative thinking will never be replaced. We always need that human element. Absolutely. And yeah. I think like you said, it'll 
speed up that process of output and the quality yeah the realism <laughs> i think i mean i'd call it more like an assistant you know like a having that machine learning process to improve your your you know even use of a, of a software program could be really uh really fundamentally game-changing during your day you know yeah. as you're working so uh, there's so many applications for it it's, it's too hard <laughs> it's too early to say um what it will do but you know from what i've seen it's pretty amazing and very exciting um and yeah, VR and AR are also just top of the line. Perfect. I'm just a bit mindful of time. Um, so before we leave for today, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask if you have any one or two sentences as a final bit of advice for aspiring designers or teachers or students or anyone who's listening um, about industrial design. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you are the designers of the future. Um, no pressure, but... <laughs> we really need you, you know, we do need um, these creative solutions to complex, multifaceted problems. Um, and, you know, whether you make that impact through storytelling in film or through product design, I think uh, you have a really um, incredible opportunity to make a positive influence in the world. So all I would say is give it your best and don't limit yourself um, in terms of distance from, you know, studying to industry. It's not as scary as you think, you know, just email people, call them. Typically, they'll be like, oh, yeah, we haven't heard from anyone. We actually need help right now. Come in. Um, it's not as scary as it seems. And I think the sooner you start dropping into to that mindset, um, the sooner you'll hit the ground running. You'll learn what you really uh, like to do. Um, and you can start moving into sectors that, you know, you're making the best impact you can. So, yeah, have fun. Enjoy it. Um, make sure you're smiling every day, you know. Perfect, mate. Wise words. And thank you so much for your time, Ben. No worries. Thanks so much. I've definitely learned a lot myself. (laughs) And I'm sure the listeners will get a lot out of today's episode. Awesome. I hope so. Thank you so much. Cheers.